really there's a whole lot going on inside of inside of like the strategy and the stroke by stroke reality that is in front of you such that if little seeds of fear come in it's kind of like all right we're gonna put that to the side and just stay on track here because i got i gotta i gotta swim <laughs> welcome to mindful warrior radio Mindful Warrior Radio is a space we created to connect with incredible humans, to share brave stories, authentic insight, and real knowledge. Thank you for joining me. My name is Cami Craig. I'm a former elite athlete, Olympic champion, turned performance and culture design coach at Mindful Warrior, and I'm your host of Mindful Warrior Radio. Today on Mindful Warrior Radio, we welcome Hank Wise. Hank is the founder and director of Swim Focus and Swim Long Beach. A Stanford graduate, Hank has been making waves as a pool and open water swimmer, waterman, surfer, coach, and reigning king of the Catalina Channel. Hank is among the fastest five Catalina Channel swimmers of all time. He sails, dives, paddles, kayaks, rows, body surfs, and teaches in and about the ocean to all that is curious to learn. Hank is no stranger to assessing risk and finding flow. With great gratitude, I'm thrilled to tap into the insight and experience of Hank Wise on today's episode of Mindful Warrior Radio. I was like, man, I know and love Hank, but then I'm like reading about you and I'm like, Hank really is the star that I feel he is. Like, this is so, so cool. I'm like, I already loved and respect you. And now I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm just hanging out with the legend. So that's pretty uh, cool. <laughs> Very kind. Uh, it is what it is, you know? Uh, yeah, Cammie, it, it's just so fun to, so fun to get together with you on, um, you know, Mindful Warrior Radio. I had the opportunity to listen to him a lot. I was just, uh, a little out of town visit. My family was still uh, staying put at home and, and I was just solo for a few days. And I just, I just relished the opportunity to really uh, dig down into your podcast and listen to some of your, uh, you know, the former superstar athletes, the Alex Grace surfer one, yeah. the gymnast one, Daniel Leva, just uh, you and your old coach, Krikorian. It's amazing, you know, so thank you for doing Mindful Warrior and and I'm excited to be here today. Thanks. Oh my goodness. It is such a privilege to have you. And I know that there is a wealth of information and insight and just experience um, that you can deliver here today for our listeners. Um, and I'm excited to tap into it. Um, and I, I really want to start, Hank. I mean, the title that I learned online is that you are the king of the Catalina Crossing. Um, and so as I have learned, I mean, you've done a solo crossing uh, from Catalina Island to uh, where's the end point? Phil, help me there. Where do you? Right. So, so we can either go either way, and I've done it both ways, but, you know, usually starting in Terranea, uh, Palos Verdes to Arrow Rock or Doctor's Cove. Uh, those are spots on the west end of Catalina Island. Uh, the one in which I set the record, the male record for the fastest time was from Arrow Rock, Arrow Point, sorry, Arrow Point to uh, Terranea. And that is 
that is 20 miles on the dot. Although if you really, really draw a super straight line, you can get, get it down to like 19.9 miles, you know? Wow. And what's the time? What does the time range from usually? And I know you've got swell, you've got conditions, you got weather, but right. what's kind of the range of time? Right. So um, for me, my fastest, that, that record that I was just referring to uh, was uh, when I was 51 years old in the month of, I believe it was early October. And it was uh, a time of seven hours and 55 minutes. Wow. My, my slowest time was 10 hours and 56 minutes. So the range that you're looking at is roughly right around eight hours, all the mm -hmm. way up to right around 11 hours. Yeah. Wow. So, mm -hmm. wow. I think the, the, Biggest thing, I mean, I, I have a swimming background, right? But I'm a water polo player. Mm -hmm. But what I know about swimming, and we're talking like, you know, maybe you're, you're head down swimming for an hour in training or something for me, right? Mm -hmm. Is there is so much time that you are sitting with yourself when you're swimming. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a range from seven to 10 hours, Mm -hmm. with your head down and you are, it, it, it can be a siloed and, and a bit of an isolating, like an isolated experience. And, you know, th there's so much, there's so many elements that go into preparing for something like this. This is your game day. And then you're, you're head down and your go mode for 10 hours max. Mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm curious of how do you keep your mind disciplined over this period of time and a lot of time on your own. And even to set the scene for some of our listeners, you're, you're starting your race in the dark. Mm -hmm. You can't even see where you need to go. You just have to hold it in your mind's eye. Um, and even the distance and the vastness of the, of the length that you have to cover, you can't even see the end. Mm -hmm you have to continue to hold that. So can you share a little bit about how do you keep your mind disciplined and maybe even where does it go? Right. Well, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. Um, my first time out, uh, my first time out swimming at night was like, wow, this is all <laughs> going to go down at night. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember my first night swim pretty well. Um, and in, in, in your first night swim, you know, you're just really acclimating. And so for all of, all of you listeners that haven't had the, maybe a lot of them are swimmers cause you know, maybe, maybe, right. But mm -hmm. if you haven't had the opportunity to swim at night, do so you've got to try it because now Cami, have you ever swam at night? Have you ever done that? No, I mean, I think, yes, I've surfed at night under a full moon. I've done like a little bit of play, but there has been no like voyage by any mean to get from one place to the other. It's just right. been play. Yeah. Right. So, so what comes to mind and what really the word that the word and the thought and the vibe that, uh, that really embodies a lot of this is, is once you're trained and once you're ready there's an idea that you submit, you submit yourself fully to the task at hand. Um, and, and then you not only submit, but you like, you lean in, you know, you really lean in, you embrace it. Um, so much so that you look forward to 
you look forward to it. Like you, you give yourself so wholly to the task that you are like, you're like almost like, ah, you know, and you're just like, I'm in, I'm so in right now. And it, it, it's funny because I really, I've, I've, come to love swimming at night i've come to love swimming long distances game day for me is the most precious um day like like you look forward to like for me i look forward to that game day like like so much um because game day is gonna bring what it's gonna bring and you you're all trained up and you've got your your my i've got an awesome team behind me um, there's my, my navigator in the kayak, you got the big boat off to like somewhere behind me. Um, and it's really just like there, and there's, you know, there's the captain, the first mate, the observer one observer two. And like I mentioned, my, my navigator, um, is in the kayak. His name is Sean. Um, and Sean and I are working together side by side, uh, just on a long, on a long night and just enjoying the ocean enjoying kind of what comes uh and there is a lot of what comes and Mm -hmm. it's just a big adventure there's not many times being an adult in sort of this like urban environment that you can go out into that vastness of nature Mm -hmm. and completely submerge yourself like completely submit make yourself that vulnerable to nature in a safe, semi-safe, semi-controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, like, you know, I imagine the guys that like walk on, walk, do long hikes in the glaciers uh, or do some kind of big open mountain stuff would feel the same way. This is a challenge that's suited to me and my skill set, suited to my history and what I'm about. Um, and and I think that's probably the reason that I've done the swim from Catalina to the mainland or vice versa seven times. Like mm-hmm. it's all been a process of joy um, and and blood, sweat and tears. Don't get me wrong. There is a little bit of that. Yep. Um, and 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 yet I keep coming back to the well uh, and I look forward to the challenges in front of me. You know, so. I'm curious of have you experienced times in your life outside of the Catalina crossing where you've kind of embarked on a journey into the dark without being able to see the end point and have been able to take that experience that life has given you and applied it to, um, the Catalina crossing or vice versa. Have you gotten to experience this idea of fully leaning in, fully committing, fully deciding like, hey, I'm showing up. I can't see the end point, but I'm going to trust that I'm going to get there with how I've prepared the team that I have and the support I have in place. And you've been able to bring that to other times in your life. Mm, I I think the answer to that is yes. Um, and I, I again, the training and the preparation and the readiness allows you to embark upon those, the, whatever other journeys that you might be alluding to. Um, I mean, immediately what comes to mind is, is getting married, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, 
I did my, I did, I, you know, I dated my wife for a couple of years. We went through some stress, like I won't say stress, but you know, we, we went through some, some intense trips together, some, a lot of camping out in nature. Uh, we watched how each other deals with different things. We, you know, days and nights together and so on. So, on. so it's like, that was training for marriage in a way. And you don't know where the end point is. There is no end point, you know, like, like, you know, and yeah. like, we're happily married today. We're 15 years deep or whatever. And so it's like uh, other things like uh, uh, having a child, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, like I've, I, I fully, uh, I fully embrace those challenges where you can't see the end, but like, I also, really really embrace the training and i think that's i think that's kind of my whole thing is just put your like the the term that i use is die in the dojo like you know like i don't know is it mr miyagi yes. used that term or whatever right but it's like it's basically like if you put yourself through enough trials uh in the training then you're gonna find yourself like pretty darn ready on game yes. day um, and other open water swimmers that I, that I know and that I associate with and, and talk to, they're the same way. Um, and I could list their names, you know, a couple of them, Gracie Vanderbilt. She's been a huge mentor and friend of mine. Um, Steve Munatones, same. Um, and it's just like Steve, Steve recently at age 59, he's must be coming up on 60 right about now. He swam uh like all winter long in southern california um anywhere from a half hour to an hour and possibly longer all through the winter so his goal is like he has this uh race in the spring called scar and that's the name of four different lakes that he'll swim in uh in arizona mm -hmm. he did scar last year blew the competition out and the reason that i mention that is because he is absolutely the most prepared guy in open water at the moment. I uh, like, he's so prepared and um, you know, and that's the way that that's the way that I approach it too. And Steve's a Harvard graduate. I'm a Stanford graduate. Like uh, we, like I've always paralleled my life with him. Mm -hmm. I've always looked at him like as a mentor yeah. and, um, and really it's just like, you know, if you, if you train up, if you submit yourself to those uh, training conditions, um, I love going out in, I love going out in perfect seas, but really it's kind of important to go out in average conditions. It's important to go out and chop and slop and, mm -hmm. um, and, and like that. But like, I mean, truth be told, nothing's better than a sunny day in the yeah. Pacific ocean, <laughs> you know, where you're just like, swimming with you're, you're swimming you're looking up and you're looking at pelicans and underwater you can hear whales doing their thing and 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 you look down and you're looking at at seagrass kind of swaying green seagrass and aqua blue water and you're in laguna beach and it's just so perfect but you know like game day not a lot of that's going on game day yeah. is like different you know so you really have to you have to swim at night you have to uh, swim in cold water. You, you've got to get ready um, and stuff like that. So um, the die in the dojo concept, preparing yourself for the worst. Uh, my friend Gracie Vanderbilt, I mentioned her a, a minute ago. She She's like, as soon as the ocean starts kicking up some chop, 
as soon as that wind starts to kick in, she's like, this is my favorite conditions. Yes. She's like, I've you been know? expecting you. Let's yeah. go. Right. It's interesting. So, okay. So the, the Olympics is every four years. Right. And, um, I've had the privilege and honor to compete in three games. And it's so interesting when, you know, you finish that final game at the Olympics and then it's almost like the clock rolls over and resets and everything kind of dials back to starting on day one again. Mm -hmm. And we're training four years for one game, four <laughs> years for one game. Yes. It's a series of games. You know, you know, if I want to be dramatic, you can say you're training for four years for one game. Right. And this idea of like, you have no idea what the next four years holds to get you to that point to prepare, but you hold the vision, right. Um, and when you are talking about submitting and committing to the process and just fully leaning in, I want to ask you a little bit about how do you get there? Because I can really come alongside of you. That really resonates for me as well in this, like, all right, it's four years. We have no idea what the next four years is going to hold, but like, I'm all in. And that's kind of like, I sound a little bit like a crazy person when I say that, because I'm like, I have no idea what the outcome is. I'm totally like sacrificing so much to lean fully in. Um, and I'm here for it. There's like this knowing there's this purpose. There's like, um, there's a real like, um, commitment, like a little signed personal contract to it. And I'm just curious of like, how does that present to you? For me, I've had a hard time describing it, but like, how do you define that feeling of commitment and ability to lean in? How do you get there? Mm -hmm. Well, um, <clears throat> first of all, I, I, I think it starts with, it starts with something so deep in your heart that it's almost like hard to describe. Yes. Um, it starts with something that is like a seed where you want to, you just want that seed to grow and like why you, why you, why you want that seed to grow. That's hard to explain. There's probably a many reasons. Right. But like I was introduced to the Catalina channel swim as a, as a youth and uh, a Penny Lee Dean um, still holds the fastest record today. She said it in 1977. She came and talked to our team in 1980, 1980, 1981. And um, we were, we were a swim team in Long Beach and she just came and told us about the Catalina channel swim. And she not only has gone there, but guess what? She did what we call the flip turn. She did there and back. Wow. Right. <laughs> um, That's but, a lot. Uh, 20 hours by yourself. <laughs> exactly. Well, she, yeah, she's something else. And, and so Penny Lee Dean, you know, I mean, I like, I, I look at Catalina Island every day as a youth, right? Like, like, Oh, there's Catalina. I went there with the, with the, with the troops, you know, um, just the, some kids and, and little, little groups that I was a part of. And, went to camp over there mm -hmm. and everything. Um, but you know, we always took a boat, right? So it was a total mind blower to imagine somebody swimming over there. And I, that's probably where the initial seed was planted for me. And I, um, and so once that seed was planted, it became like a curiosity. Like, like I, I, I love the ocean so much. I've loved it ever since I was a youth and go down to, uh, go down to Laguna beach a lot as a youth. And our folks had a 
little trailer on the beach, El Moro Cove. It's no longer trailers on the beach. It's a state park. Nonetheless, just like swimming down there, boogie boarding, like looking at fish, um, playing with my friends, bouncing around, jumping off the rocks um, and doing all that stuff. It's like everything in the background, the background is there's Catalina Island just sitting out there mm-hmm. all the time. So it's like that bit of knowledge that somebody had actually done that and that that challenge lays out there for me or for anyone else that wants it. And then just, just kind of keeping on, keeping on with my life, you know, like go keep swimming and go high school, a lot of pool swimming, swam in college, but always the ocean, always coming back to the ocean, surfing and, 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 and all the stuff I'd love to do in the ocean. Well, you know, Catalina was just always there. Right. So um, then to bring it, to bring it more specifically to the training. Well, once you get to a certain place in your life, you're for this is me like this was my approach once i got to a certain place where i was ready to take the commitment of marriage once i got to the place in my life where my wife and i decided all right let's go ahead and have a baby um we you we kind of turn the corner in a certain way like like okay i i'm limiting i'm I'm limiting the amount of other stuff in my life. I'm choosing this one woman, you know, mm-hmm. okay, I'm limiting the other stuff in my life. I'm choosing to have a baby, and I'm willing to like do everything in in order to make that child like as as in and like earn the money and provide a good home and mm-hmm. the right nutrition and like all those sacrifices and and benefits that go in with having a child like like I signed up for that, right? So as my wife was starting to get pregnant, like, like, she, she, I guess you don't start to get pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. Right. But yeah, as she was starting to brew the baby in her womb, um, I saw this huge project on the horizon for her. And at that same time, I was in touch with my friend, Steve Munitones, and he was opening up, um, world of open water swimming association, um, and he was in touch with many swimmers, in particular, Jen Schumacher. And Jen Schumacher just had finished her Catalina swim, uh, like maybe two weeks before I got in touch with Steve. And then Steve, I was like, hey, you know, what are you up to? He's like, hey, I, you know, I've just been in, I've been doing a lot of open water swimming stuff. Um, Jen Schumacher, I don't know if you know her. She just finished Catalina. I was like, tell me everything. I want to meet her. I got to know more. Yes. Um, and, and that, like I said, the timing on that was my wife was, my wife was brewing the baby. Yeah. And one thing led to another. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what, if my wife is going to have this baby and she's going to do everything in her power to make this project successful with this baby, guess what? I want my own project. Mm. I want my own set of goals and, and thing. Like I want my own little goal. Well, and, and as she's parallel in parallel with her, you know, yep. so sure enough, like I was like, let's, let's do this. So about two weeks later, uh, maybe even, cl- maybe even sooner, like about five days after talking to Steve, I called Jen and I said, Hey Jen, I know you don't know me, but I am totally curious about all this Catalina stuff you just did. And um, she's all, all right, well, let's talk, you know? So 
we we just happened to be down at Mission Viejo doing a swim project together, and we talked that whole day in Mission. And then later on, um, the next like pretty much two days later, she's like, "I'm gonna go for a four hour swim with my with my mom, and we want to do ten miles." I'm like, 10 miles. I've never done that before. I want to do it. I want to go. So I showed up in Corona del Mar. Her mom was in the kayak. Jen was all good to go. I brought some water bottles. I brought some feeds um, and, and showed up. The day was, the day was, mm, I won't say it was like really that sunny. It was kind of a little coastal California overcast. Mm -hmm. uh, the water the water was not warm at all. <laughs> it was kind of like medium, I guess. And Jen and I went out and with her mom and her mom's a terrific kayaker. She's helped me with a lot of projects. Um, and I went out there with her, with, with Jen and her mom and we swam four hours, taking a break every half hour for a feed. And I, our breaks are rather brief. Um, and I got sort of a test run on it and Jen, Jen's pace is a little slower than my pace, which really worked in my advantage because I was only having to output like at 80, maybe like, let's say 75%. Sure. Um, and she was maybe outputting at 80, 85% or something. It, Cause you don't go much above that percentage anyway. And I was just swimming at my 75%. I'm loving it. It's going well, having fun. And I finished that 10 miler. I felt great. And I'm like, I got to do Catalina. Yep. End of story. I got to do Catalina. Like I'm going to sign up. Like wh where's, wh where do I sign? What do I yep. do? Like what's next? I was so fired up. And then I went and, you know, like, I guess what, like six, six to eight months later, I went and went and got that done. And so um, I'll give you a chance to jump in here on that and then I'll go through a little more of like day-to-day, -day, what day-to-day -day training looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what's really coming up for me is like, we we're talking about this ability to commit and to be all in and you you're hooked, right? You, you have this kind of opportunity to get a feel of what, what could be in swimming the Catalina crossing mm -hmm. uh, through this experience. And I want to talk about, a bit about like fear and how you manage fear and where the mind can go over an amount of time. I think fear in, I, in all kind of stages and phases. And we're talking about even like, you know, going into signing up and committing and leaning in, in times of not knowing the outcome and how do you manage fear in that? So like, how did it present, you know, kind of in this, opportunity to do the Catalina crossing, but even like, how do you manage fear in, in life? Right. Yeah, no, I, I love, I, I see what you're doing. You're, you're drawing, drawing parallels there. And, and it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, sports are a great parallel for life, you know, yes. it is what it is. It's it. And there is there fear is an emotion. We as humans have it. And like uh, a lot of people, when I talk about the Catalina swim, they're like, aren't you afraid of sharks? You know, that's like a, a thing that comes up. Like, like the first time. and only thing everyone's sharks. Like, what do you do <laughs> when a shark comes? Hank well, and I do like a, like yeah. an ocean swim together. And our group is like, you're not allowed to say the SH word. Like, right. I was just going to say, 
yeah, yeah, the man in the gray suit, you know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. First things first. Don't don't say it out loud. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so. All right. So so fear. Right. Um, I find fear is an emotion that really uh, like stagnates things it it chop it chops things up it, it 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 makes things sort of like the energy behind fear is so negative and you know i respect i'll just deal with the shark thing head on here i respect sharks so much they're the top of the they're the top of the food chain in the water i get it i'm so glad they're there they're there to keep all the other animals honest they only the healthy are going to survive um good swimmers are gonna the good swimmers are gonna survive and so on i get it like sharks are awesome like uh i hold them in such high esteem but the thing is guess what humans aren't on their aren't, aren't on their list of things to eat <laughs> we're just not if 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 a human's gonna be eaten up like bitten by a shark it's usually a sample bite um and i and and i of course i don't want to be in the way of that sample bite but bottom line is you know I don't look like a baby seal. I don't smell like a baby seal. I don't look like an injured older seal. Um, I just, I, I don't have anything about me. The way I breathe in the water is more like a dolphin. The way I move in the water is like a human, like a, like a, like an, it's just not on their thing. Like, like I'm not, these aren't the droids you're looking for, you know, like, mm -hmm. right. So, so it's just like, I don't hold that appeal to sharks like no swimmers do really. And yet you're probably like your, your listeners or whoever the naysayers might be like, yeah, but people get bit by sharks. Well, they do, but usually that's like a lot of times it's closer to shore. It's they're wearing a wetsuit. Um, they are in murky water. They're uh, they're like boogie boarding, dangling in a wetsuit inactive swimming in a sharky area like i mean i'm not going to go swim at the feral Farallon islands without like a, like a little more preoccupation mm -hmm. but truth be known it's like the 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 highway from here to catalina island it's not a highway it's a body of water but you know the pathway yeah. in the catalina channel that's not like a shark feeding ground you know like they don't go, they don't swim around in the middle of the Catalina channel and be like, this is my home sweet home. I'm going to get the seal buffet dinner right here. This isn't it, you know? Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm saying is like, we're just not that appealing to sharks to eat. Like in general, if they, if they do tend to like do a mystery bite on us, it yeah. says a sample, you know? So let me ask you this. So you're talking about the highway, the highway to Catalina. So again, this is your, your stretch of time, but it is easy the way that you articulated fear and that it's a negative energy. And it's so easy to feed fear. It oh, can yeah. start like that little seed, that little seed of knowing and commitment, like we talked about and can really build into something just massive. Yeah. And when you head down for 10 hours, I mean, I've experienced even on our shorter swims in the morning where sometimes I'll get in the water and I'm like, dang, I just got that feeling. And I can either let it I can either feed it and let it grow to this big vibrating, like dark cloud of fear, right. or I can fight like hell to interrupt it right. and kind of diffuse it and not allow it to build. What's been your experience with that? 
Oh, I, you know, it's funny because I know what you mean by those little seeds, mm-hmm. um, those little seeds of fear that, that can come up when I think I sometimes term, term the swim in terms of like the infinite, it, like, it feels like, it feels like how many strokes do you take on a Catalina swim? Well, there's a quantifiable number, right? There's a quantifiable number of strokes or breaths or whatever. But it's almost on the verge of like infinity, you know, um, it's not infinity, obviously. And there are longer swims than Catalina, but it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I like to play with the idea of infinity. Um, I also know that the ocean's depth is so deep and there's so much going on in the ocean, you know, um, and there's so many variables and that it's just kind of like how do you deal with all that sea life, all the currents, the potential of wind, the potential of current um, swells? How do you deal with all those variables? Like, and not be somewhat fearful. And I go, I go back to, uh, I go back to my uh, teammate of mine, Anthony Moss, a New Zealand, uh, a New Zealander guy, a New Zealander Olympian in the butterfly. And Anthony Moss, we were talking team strategy one day uh, and he's like, he's like, how do you get through, you know, how do you get through a long workout one stroke at a time? You know, how do you get through uh, like a Catalina swim one stroke at a time? So it's really just like being really present each stroke. I sometimes talk about like, I see a dashboard on my, I see a dashboard in my mind's eye. And on, in that dashboard, it's a variety of things having to do with my 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 stroke, my speed, my breathing, um, my kick, uh, how my body's floating in the water. In other words, body position in the water. Uh, it has to deal with the feeds um, and and like navigation and different things. And so, really, there's a whole lot going on inside of inside of like the strategy and the stroke by stroke reality that is in front of you such that if little seeds of fear come in it's kind of like all right we're going to put that to the side and just stay on track here because i got i got to i got to swim <laughs> like that that's just not a part of it and um you know what sometimes other thoughts will drift in not even like fear i mean fear maybe but like other thoughts like oh what am i doing tomorrow or you know oh what's my you know what are my what's my family doing today or like job or whatever mm-hmm. when i find those things drifting in uh a lot of times that's right when i like run into my kayaker like yep. my hand my <laughs> right yes. like my hand my body um i go off track i swim away from my kayaker i hit my kayaker i'm like i'm I'm blowing it, you know, at that point. So it's just a matter of, it's really a matter of just like staying on track, staying in the moment, um, checking on my dashboard, my instruments, so to speak. Um, you know, the self-analysis of stroke and pacing and all those good things that really are what I need in order to take it stroke by stroke across the channel. Mm. What role does intuition and instinct and wisdom play? How does that present for you? Uh, well, um, 
you know, um, it's kind of like, it's funny and I'll go back and I'm going to answer this with, with this is like the training becomes so for anybody that's kind of thinking about a Catalina swim or thinking about doing some big, like open, open adventure in nature or whatever, usually there's a stair step procedure, stair step process. So it's like, what I try, what I generally do is like, like a couple little three mile, three mile swims here and there. And then back to the training, like just, just one hour training and like an hour training, uh, four days a week or whatever. And then, you know, stay in the gym and stay consistent baseline training, uh, flexibility, strength and so on. But then every so often you got to do a five mile swim and then you got to do a seven mile swim. Right. And when I say every so often, I call that those landmark swims. Right. So there's the, there's the three mile swims are so small that they, they're not, they're little miniature landmark swims, but really once you start talking about a, a five mile swim, that's going to be like every, every third week or something. And then, then maybe in the following, when you're really ramping up, then you're like, okay, another three weeks pass a seven mile swim. And then, a and then a 10 mile swim. And then I usually top out at a 13 mile swim um, to get the 20 miler. And I just sort of like hope that my training's enough after 13 to buy me that last seven miles. So in, so during those training swims, that's when you're building this baseline of information um, and experience and uh, like, I guess like body wisdom or some mm -hmm. muscle memory. And you're coming up with like this, this feeling is usually followed by this or this, this, this moment is usually contingent on that, you know, like you just see what's going on. And then little by little, the, you use the word intuition. Um, and I'm, and I do, I, I, I love intuition and I'm kind of an intuitive type of person to begin with. Um, so much so that when I'm doing my training swims and I usually just use the, my wristwatch, um, and I have used an Apple watch, um, before too, but I sort of just like the simplicity of, of my digital, uh, G-Shock Casio, whatever. Every 30 minutes we take, we, we take a 10 second break. The 10 second break is what we call a feed and a feed is usually done where it's just like, like guzzle some, uh, like high carbohydrate mix. And I, I really like the mix uh, Carbo Pro for you, for you of those that are writing this stuff down. Carbo Pro has no sugar. It's uh, it's very simple. It's tasteless. It's wonderful. Um, I like it a lot. Anyway, um, Carbo, like take a quick 10 second sip of like some Carbo Pro and then move on. What's kind of cool is when is when I'm swimming my 30 minutes and due to intuition and experience, I look at my watch and my watch says 29, 29, yep. 45. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like you get so experienced out there that, that you're just like, okay, here I am. You know, I'm, I'm about, I think my break is coming up here pretty quick. Uh, should I look at my watch yet? You know, well, it's probably coming up pretty soon. And then finally I'll be like, okay, I think I'm going to look. And then boom, sure enough, 29, you know, like 29, 30, boom. And I mean, it's happened. Like it's mm -hmm. happened a lot, actually. Um, I, 
I don't know. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and do that and like play the little watch game and be like, oh, what? I'm going to guess what time it is. I love playing that game. Yeah, I think, no, I can I can hear uh, how the same thing is presented in my athletic career in regards to I'm a I'm a whole set. I sit in the middle. I'm like the center of like a bass. I'm the Shaquille O'Neal women's water polo, if you will. And I sit there and my back is to my opponent who defends me. So mm. it's not like I can even visually track a defender. And so everything is really kind of um, an intuitive feel. And I can feel, you know, the defender start tensing their muscles and begin to start leaning one way or another. And the momentum of the water and the movement of the water and like instinctively knowing what the next kind of shift of energy or uh, force or what I can feel that. And it, so much that you're not thinking about it or having to break it down in lifetime, you're just moving with it. And, you know, and I'm going to use the word flow, which I, I, you as a water, I mean, I've seen you in the water, Hank, like you are no stranger to flow. Mm -hmm. Um, and as a waterman, like, you know, I flow is innate in you. So I want to ask you, you know, in the way that you've experienced flow, can you define it for us? <clears throat> uh, you know, um, so I, so I got a, I got a graduate degree from Cal state long beach, um, in recreation and leisure studies. And that was to put the cherry on top of my education, uh, undergraduate poli sci, uh, and from Stanford. And then, and then that graduate degree, I'm an aquatics director and a swim coach. And, uh, I wanted to be the best aquatics director slash swim coach that I could possibly be. Uh, both on paper and in practice. And so I went in and started in on that degree. Um, that degree has helped me so much in my, in my pursuit of really lifestyle and in terms of my sport, my sports stuff. And so, and with my teams as well. Yes. Do you know that, do you know the author of flow? Yes. Okay. That author wrote the book flow. And that, that book totally captivated my interest for so long. And I wanted to actually write my thesis on something having to do with flow because flow is that state where there it's timeless. It's, uh, it's activity first. There's generally not a lot of talking. Um, it's, it's quiet. It's internal. You are completely engaged in the task at hand. Um, the skill level that you need to produce, to, to have the flow is usually you're at your skill level plus an additional 10%, let's say like you're, you're, you're right on your threshold of this is almost overwhelming, but I'm like right in it. I'm in this thing. It's not easy. It's not too easy. And it's not like beating you down that it's so hard. And so that is a particular state in which the Catalina channel swim and, and like even training swims are really suited to me because my skill set is in the water. Uh, my, my love of doing swimming is, is, is inherent. Um, that's where I'm most practiced and the challenge 
is 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 still there like day by day it's still there and so what i what i find is that when when i set the when i set the when i put the equipment like all the you know the feeds the the suit the goggle the cap the earplugs the all that good stuff all the equipment is in check the timing is in check i'm not rushed and i i have enough time to get my training swim in or or the actual game day um i have the the people that are in check like on game day like all my team is wonderful and they're awesome if it's a training swim usually i don't need too many other people because i have a way of training close to shore that doesn't require um other people but basically if you set the conditions and the equipment together in order to provide yourself with that optimum flow experience, you're going to find yourself in some relative realm of flow. Um, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, you've experienced flow over and over again. You've had repetitions of flow, I would imagine. And it seems to me that all of these elements kind of curates an opportunity for flow. Um, what's your experience of like, you can kind of set the stage for flow, but mm. you can't force it. No, no. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's just like anything. It's like, it's like, I don't know. I, I like create, I love, I love music. I love creative writing. I love reading. Uh, I'm uh, like, I love art. My wife's an artist. Um, and really you can set the stage you can like let's say with you know with 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 art with for my wife you know like she puts on she puts on miles davis you know um she she has has her cup of coffee going um or tea um it's usually in the morning um the kid is at school there's no interruptions and she's in there painting you know and and she's in some relative state of flow. Mm. Um, and so it's like, I, I think that you, you can't force it, but you can set the conditions so well. And then before you begin, you can set your intention. And then like, you just kind of begin. And I'll be honest with you. Most of my training swims, the first hour is not flow. Yep. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. I like, I just want you to know, like, and your listeners know, like straight up the first hour is, is sort of like unpacking my bags. Um, it's just like letting go. It's kind of saying I'm here, I'm showing up and what is the day going to bring kind of thing. And it usually takes kind of getting those, getting that first little bit of sort of like letting, letting go of life letting go of like all the day-to-day -day life stuff and all the little the the preoccupations of daily life it's kind of letting all those go for the first hour and then i find like by the end of hour one i'm usually like starting to open the door into true flow and then by hour two i'm i'm in and so yeah so like usually within that second hour i'm in and then then it's just how long of a training day am, am I in for? 
Um, and then sometimes towards the end of a training day, the flow can kind of get a little broken up too, because then I'm starting to be like, all right, is, you know, am I, is this a four, am I, am I really going for four hours today? Like, is it, what's really going on? Like, um, I'm kind of getting over this. Like, I love the ocean. I'm getting over this, you know, yep, kind of yeah. thing, um, you know, but very but like, cool. This idea of like entering the portal of flow and even exiting it as you start to thrash or get closer to like the end yeah. point and that right. there's a sweet spot. But I love this idea of like, you know, the first hour is like, you're arriving, you're letting go, you're letting things kind of fall to the wayside. You're allowing yourself to kind of like click in or again, enter the portal flow, which is such mm -hmm. a cool, the way that you were saying that it just made such a cool, like visual, um, to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's one thing that is really coming up for me, Hank. And, you know, it's something that I've always been rather in awe, uh, as I get to be around you and experience who you are as a human and your essence, um, and one of the things that I've noticed about you, Hank, is there, there's no doubt that you're a warrior. You can get gritty. You have resilience. You're capable of putting your head down and being in some incredible, you know, state of work ethic to accomplish some of these goals that you've accomplished through your, your life athletically. And just even outside of that in the communities that you've built, um, and there is a sense that you have stayed curious, you have stayed open, um, and I get the sense, and this may or may not land for you, but that you have a very open heart as well. You're very like that, that flow there you're, you're fluid, you're open, you're curious. You can appreciate like your love is very in place. Mm. And so I see it as like, you're this kind of, um, compassionate warrior like you're this open-hearted warrior and a lot of times when you combine the masculine energy of athletics and of really needing to kind of armor up to get to some of these um goal points the open heart the feminine energy gets really squashed or that flame really kind of um gets very light. And I've even experienced it as an elite athlete to where I, I, I couldn't remain open during times of training for the, my heart couldn't be wide open during times of training for the, the Olympics because it just didn't feel safe. Um, or it didn't feel like they could coexist. And I've noticed those things kind of exist and be of balance, or at least be kind of in the same room for you at the same time. And even as a man, you know, the art to that. And so I'm, I kind of want to ask is like, if that is resonating for you, like, how have you come to that balance and what has that experience been like for you? <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, I just want to share that, like, uh, like love, like, like, okay. So just on the love note, I look at love, like it is a, it is a effervescent flow in my heart. And what it, what I mean by that is the more love that like a, like a fountain in my heart, um, you know, the more love that I give, 
the more love that comes back. And that's true it, giving to yourself. That's true giving to others. That's true sharing what you have to share with communities and, and so on. So it's like, it's really like, um, if you can tap into the power of love, then you've tapped into a source that is so powerful um, and, and so, so like regenerative um, and the laws of karma are in place. And so it's just like, it's just like love is so powerful. Like when you, I, I, I like to study spirituality. Um, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not, it's hard to define what spirituality I am or whatever, but like, when you look at a lot of spiritual leaders, they refer back to love. They, re they refer back to the ultimate state of love as like unconditional love. And, and then, you know, that's unconditional love with boundaries, you know, and so on. But it's like really like unconditional love for yourself and others. That's something that I strive for. And like, like, yeah, there, there is times, there are times when, when it's a training day and maybe you're not feeling exactly the you're not feeling the love um of necessarily going um on a four-hour swim um but like you know like when you when you look at it it it's it's so unique that the the skill sets there the time you you've you've given yourself the time and so on that you have to come around to a place of gratitude you can't come into it with a place of like, like, like I'm just all negative right now. You know, like you got to come into it with a place of like, this is a gift. Like you're going to go out and swim in the ocean. Like this is a, this is something special. Honor the gift that you've been given, you know, like, like be great. Like find that gratitude in you, open your heart, you know, like, like be kind to yourself. Like, find, find the good vibes, you know, with inside of yourself. And I find that like, you know, you mentioned curiosity uh, just before, just before our, our, our talk here, I was just writing an email um, to a, a, a woman. I was on the phone and writing in like notes about our conversation because sometimes I do that. And, and this woman was like, was like, so what you're saying is, is that, um, you know, my daughter needs to swim. Uh, she needs to focus and, and swim hard for the next year. I was like, actually, like, let's not approach it that way. Let's approach it from a place of curiosity. Let's approach it from a place of like, you know, we're curious, like, we're curious what, what might happen if you, if you choose to swim, you know, steadily for the next year, what we're curious, like what might happen? Do you think maybe that might open some doors for you swim in high school? Like, what do you think might happen? It's a whole world different mm -hmm. than, than like this, like pressure, like, okay, we're going to put some pressure on you. We want you to put pressure on yourself. Take the pressure off by being curious, open arms, open hands. What are the opportunities here? What are the benefits that can come to us from being curious? Um, I find that is so helpful in life. Um, you're drawing so many parallels between life and, and, and sport. Um, and I just think that's like, as soon as you open the door of curiosity, you open yourself up to further opportunity, further education, um, and, and just, just stuff like the goodness is out there. Just got to be curious. And 
a, a word that I oftentimes put together with curiosity is humility, because if you're curious and you're humble, that is the secret sauce really of going forward because the humility allows for free for future experimentation and um and education it really does and it's like as many catalina swims as i've done i i'm still i'm still just like a little human swimming across the pacific ocean as mm -hmm. humble as i can possibly be you know like yeah like it's not like the ocean is still the most powerful thing out there. Um, and we've seen its power recently, uh, winter in California this winter, those huge waves, right? And and all that, right? But like, you know, curiosity and humility, I, I find those to be some really powerful, powerful uh, states of mind, you know? Really incredibly said. I'm curious as you're talking, if you feel that you can access flow and or you know manage or silence or diminish fear without love hmm. um you know what um i for me for me uh i i like I like, I picture myself as a dolphin. Right. And I, I, my spirit animal is like, a, like one of my spirit animals is a dolphin. Um, my Instagram is dolphin underscore boy. Like I've, I tell a legend to my swimmers, like, uh, I carry dolphin energy. I was born as a dolphin and came ashore when I was 11 years old and given a number two lead pencil and a backpack, the hole on the back of my back kind of healed up. And I went to middle school, Converse high tops, you know, and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah. I guess like, I mean, if your spirit animal is a dolphin, then you're kind of like, you're leaning towards love at all times. Right. Um, but when you look at other athletes and other ways of existing, um, you know, I, I enjoyed watching that uh, show where Michael Jordan was reviewing his history um, in the last dance and, and like Michael Jordan, like one of his main motivators, it, I got to say, it wasn't always love. Okay. It yeah. was like, he dreamt up reasons to, I don't even like to say it, but like H A T E, you know, like he dreamt up reasons yeah. to have trouble with his uh, fellow uh, competitors. Like he'd go golfing the day before with a fellow competitor, just all do to do. But then in his mind, he would dream up this thing where his fellow competitor like kind of trifled with him and, mm -hmm. and like, and, and he'd be like, ah, I didn't like that attitude or whatever it was. And he'd find a reason to like have a problem with his fellow competitor. And then he'd come at it from not a place of love, but more of a place of like competitive angst and competitive, like just downright, like strong negative mm -hmm. feelings, you know? So, and I, I mean, that brings me back to like, the idea of like um another different type of spirit animal right like like what's that spirit animal in that moment you know um and i don't really that's not my my zone so i can't really speak to that but i do know that a lot of other people find other motivations mm -hmm. but you know when when it comes back to it um like i i, I just want to cycle back to 
like like of course grit intensity um you know you like like there's a phrase that i use with our open water swim group and um it's called uh it's called a gratitude you know like but more like the gratitude right so it's like like when we approach an open water swim it's got to have some grr to it like you've got to have you got to have that grr like you know and you because you're going to be facing some elements starting with the cold water when you first get in um but you've also got to have that gratitude of what your mind body spirit um timing availability and everything is there like you've got to have that gratitude of of being like, I'm about to enter nature. This is awesome. I am in the church of the open sky right now. Like I, I'm a, I'm surrounded by animals and my friends and just immense nature. Like I, I'm, I'm just humbled by this opportunity, you know? And so it's like this gratitude, but this grit. And so there's kind of like the Tony, the tiger, like, you know, and then you come and then you get your gratitude. So it's a, there's a duality there for sure. But, um, I just try and keep it positive and, and I do a lot better that way. That's, that's it's been, I, it's a privilege to be around Hank and to experience it. You balance it so well. And, you know, so much of life is about balance and kind of striking the perfect sweet spot. in many of the things that we do driving hard and resting and recovering and, you know, um, it's, you know, how, how you communicate with others, how you balance work and life, how, you know, you show up in your masculine feminine energy. It's like, all of it is a balance. Right. And, um, I think I've, it's been a joy as your friend to watch you example that for me at times. So thanks for sharing that. I think it has been so wonderful to collect insight and knowledge from you and, you know, what does it take to fully lean in and commit to something even when you can't see the end? And how do you manage fear? And, you know, what is it like to enter the portal flow? And when do you know you're dropping into it? And when do you know you're you're exiting out of it? And, you know, the balance of an open heart, but being a warrior as well. This has been a beautiful conversation. And thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, I'm excited to share this with all, uh, no doubt. Cammy, thank you. You know, thank you for your time. Like, uh, I've enjoyed this so much. Um, it's funny to, it's funny to kind of like, like watch you put a frame around uh, my headspace and my life um, in these terms. And I feel so graced, uh, likewise, to be in your presence um, as a friend and in your example. And I just. I just uh, really value what Mindful Warrior Warrior is all about, and I just I feel really grateful to just be on the show today and um, be able to share. And I hope your listeners um, had a good listen. You know, so awesome. Thanks, Hank. Thank you to those who've joined us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take the opportunity to share with a friend follow Mindful Warrior Radio, and leave a review. To learn more about Mindful Warrior and Mindful Warrior Radio, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Mindful Warrior and check out our website at www.mindfulwarrior.com. 
I look forward to our next discussion here on Mindful Warrior Radio. Mm-hmm.